are you? I'm great. How are you? I am great. Can you hear me good? You can change a little bit. Turn me up a little bit. Can you hear now? I got you. Okay. All right. Well, what's up, girl? How you been doing? I'm like a young champ. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, you guys, this is Tori, and I'm doing it live. Of course, you know, uh, domestic violence is near and dear to my heart. So, of course, I had to talk to Tanya before the month ends. Now, Tanya, before we get into telling your story, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I'm just a young, hyperactive young lady that loves the Lord, love my family, and just like helping others. I'm just I a know. servant. Right. And that and that you are. And I will say you are such a blessing because I have known you for a long time. And I love the woman that you have evolved into. And of course, like I was telling everyone, domestic violence is a topic and subject that's near and dear to my heart because I've experienced it. I've witnessed it. And I hate to see people going through um, domestic violence. And unfortunately, there are a lot of cases going on now, especially with the COVID. Some of the cases have actually risen due to this COVID and people are, you know, at home. So I, I hate, I hate the situation, but um, let's go ahead and get started because I don't want to take up too much of your time. But um, every year you normally have an event that you do on the square. Did you guys have that this year? Not this year due to the pandemic of the COVID-19, we decided to cancel, but we did do an information session where um, all the advocates in the PD region, locally in the PD uh, we got together and we just actually came on the square at the courthouse and we just did coverage for domestic violence uh, right there at the courthouse in Darlington, which is myself for House of Refuge, Miss um, Joyce Ford for Naomi Project out of Florence, Miss um, Jennifer Giles Robinson from Empowered to Heal Sexual Assault, Miss Pamela Prince, PD Coalition, Miss um, Barbara Black, Lydia's Biles of Mercy. It was just so many of us there just coming to uh, the sheriff's department, victims advocate from Darlington, uh, Miss Melissa. I was just, we just came together and just do what we do. Just put it together and just enjoy one another because that's that's mainly our only time we come together as one. Mm -hmm. But this year we decided to do something different. So we planned a little dinner. So we're going to have a little picnic uh, this actually this Saturday. Oh, we're really? going to get together everyone's going to bring a dish. Oh, wow. That's going to be cool. What time Saturday? Uh, it's going to actually be at 11. It's going to be at the park in Florence. Um, and it's it just going to be an awesome time for us to brainstorm. And we actually want to do more than just um, raise awareness just for October. We want to do something monthly. So we're right. going to kind of brainstorm and kind of put that together where we can raise awareness monthly. Okay. Now, is this open to the public or is it just... No, it's just all the time. <laughs> Okay. 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 Well, I hate I missed I hate I missed the event on the 17th, but let's get to the business at hand. Tell us um, you know, about your experience with domestic violence. Well, it started when I was uh, a young girl growing up. You know, um, my mother, she has four four children. I'm the oldest out of four. She has two girls, two boys. Um and just as a young girl, seeing my stepfather abuse my mother, you know, um, it, it went through that for a long time. 
uh, when I say a long time, see like you've been forever, you know, and we went through that for a while and it got to a point where she got tired and she decided to separate from him. And so he was seeing a woman across the street. And so we would actually see him every other day, go to that woman's house and see her right before our eyes. And we would be wanting food and didn't have anything in the house to eat. And he wouldn't even speak to us. So, you know, we went through that for a good bit. And then my mom decided to start seeing someone else. Mm-hmm. And of course, jealousy kicked in. And, you know, it happened where he sent the babysitter home and called the police and said that my mom left us there by ourselves. And the police came and said, you know, if you can't agree and talk, don't um, don't fight her. I begged the officer, please don't leave us there because I knew what he was going to do. I was used to it. It was raining that night. I mean, it was raining heavily, like never, ever I ever saw before. And so I waited up that night and, you know, my brother at that time, he was like nine months old. My other two siblings, they were sleeping, but I was up waiting for my mom to come home. And lo and behold, I heard when the keys were rattling going in the door and I was saying, Lord, please don't let my mama come in the house. And it just so happened when she came in, he hit her, knocked her out, dragged her. Um, she was able to pull through. At that point, um, I remember seeing um, her hand going down on the wall with just blood. And he just started stumping and beating her with a baseball bat. And at that point, it just kind of freaked me out. And I ran next door and I told the neighbor to call the police. My mom was dead. And it was her best friend. And she was screaming and hollering, saying, Tanya, don't say that. And I was like, yeah, my mama's dead. My stepdad done beat her. And so uh, he ended up locking the door behind himself. So we didn't know if he was in there or not. We didn't know what to expect when the door opened. So we ended up calling the police. Police came. And when they came, they uh, said they had to call the housing authority to actually um, get in, inside the home. You know, back in those days, back back in the 80s and the 90s, you know, um, you know, they didn't kick in your door right there. They got, you know, protocol done. And so I hate that part of it because it actually took the land, uh, you know, the landlord for the apartment that we were living in actually two hours to get there. And so oh, that wow. whole time my mom was just laying there. You know, and so when they did go in and open the door, my mom, she was she wasn't dark, dark skinned, but she was a she was a pretty dark skinned woman. And when we got in there, she was purple and black. So um, at this point, you know, I went through that for a long time, you know, with the school, going to school, children picking at me, bullying me. Oh, your mom got me. And so I ended up fighting a lot in school. Yeah, I was a fighter. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And I got kicked out of school and, you know, I ended up, um, you know, just getting with the wrong crowd and just hanging out, partying, drinking, smoking, um, just doing what what a young person would do, you know, enjoying the street life. And then later on in life, I ended up in a relationship myself. It's a cycle. And I ended up in it, you know, had a man I thought was the love of my life. Oh, he was tall and black. And, oh, he was just nice, you know. And but both of us had addiction. He was strung out on crack, and then I ended up on crack. And you know, it came to the point where we would fight all the time. And so um, I was in and out of jail, and I decided I lost my children because of it. 
because his mom called DSS and I thank her to this day. You wouldn't believe I sometimes I, I go to her job mm-hmm. and I literally thank her for calling DSS because had she not called, I wouldn't be here. I don't think I would be here to tell the story today. I don't think my children would be in a place where they are today. Um, when they did call DSS, DSS got involved. I had enough common sense because I'm not dumb, you know. You know, God, yeah. He blessed me with some good stuff. So um, I told them, I said, one thing you're not going to do, you're not going to take my children. They didn't ask to come here, and I'll be less than a mother to let you take my children. So I actually asked a neighbor. And that's why it's important as neighbors. And as a community, if you know somebody that needs your assistance or need your help or need a, a safe place to stay, open your door. Um, I asked the neighbor to take my children. And I say, just do it for me until I can better myself because I don't want them to go into foster care. And so that saved my children from going into foster care. She actually took care of my children for two years. Wow. And then I got to the point where I got tired of doing what I was doing. He didn't want to change. Um, things were getting worse and I wanted to leave and he said you can leave but you're going to die like your mom girl everything went out the door I ain't had no Holy Ghost I ain't had no Jesus it was, I was on a nasty dirty cellar and who oh, I lost it and so I regret what I done I, I even have asked him for forgiveness since, if, since the incident happened um, but that was my only way out the house you know, uh, I tried to attempt to leave three times, and each time he said, you can leave, but you want to wear a tail cut. And um, I threw my hands up, and I said, Lord, I said, I don't want him to kill me, and I don't want to end up like my mother. I said, so you're going to have to help me out this house. And so it was a saucer, a glass saucer. Because I used to do cocaine. And uh, I threw it out of anger. That's why I tell people when you're angry, you don't know how strong you are. You have strength above strength. You are very, 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 very strong. And the strength that lies in you out of anger, you wouldn't even imagine. So I threw it out of anger. And when I launched it, I gave it all I got. I reached back and I threw it. And when I threw it, it was like a, a frisbee. And it cut the ligaments from his eyes. And to this day, he only had one eye. And um, I got 15 years for that. I caught 15 years for trying to fight my way out of the house. 15 years. But the God that I serve, he said, no, not so. The officer that arrested me, um, state picked up the charge because the boyfriend never pressed the charge. The state picked it up. And so they dropped it. And the officer told me, he said, you know what? He said, either you're going to kill him, he's going to kill you, or y'all going to kill each other because you're not going to leave each other. So we're just going to drop the charges. That was the best thing he could have ever done in his life, I believe. And when he dropped the charges, that when a light bulb came on and said, okay, this is your route to escape. Um, I thought about my children. They didn't actually come here. They was young. They was needing their mother, and hey, I just did what I had to do to get my babies back, and I got my babies back, and I asked the Lord, what is it I can do to get back to the community to support the women that go through what I have been through? And that's when I opened, I wrote the book first, so I was on my author. 
I do have a book called There Is a Way Out by T.D. Flowers. Not T.D. Jakes, but T.D. Flowers. <laughs> and um, it's on Amazon. It's on Blur. Um, and it's submitted to go into Barnes and Nobles. So that's where I'm at with that. But uh, it's still out there. It, it can be bought. And with that book, it opened doors for me going to the women's shelters, the orphanages, and, and minister to the children and the women. And I said, no, it got to be more, got to be more. And so I opened the office here in Darlington, which was the first office for women to be able to come and relate to me and open up to try to seek help for uh, being in a battered, abusive relationship. And the numbers just was too much. It Back in 2013, when I started, uh, we were number one in the nation. Wow. Number one in the nation women being killed by men and so uh what i was seeing was the women didn't have a safe place and the kids didn't have a safe place their children were being taken so i said it got to be something i could do to help so i went from the office from the office to um, establishing the first road march to raise awareness called breaking the silence and from that it went to opening the first transitional home here in Donington, which is a safe house for bad women and children and went from that to opening a closed closet, which we still have. Um, partnered with the school district to be able to provide clothing for um, underprivileged children that they need. It's free. Um, it went from that to this Friday, which is tomorrow, we'll be opening another safe house. I want to save that for you. Uh, <laughs> awesome. I want to say that one for you. We, we, we're decorating everything now. We're um, putting the rooms and stuff together. And I just want to, you know, just thank all the supporters, all the sponsors, all the granters for their support and pushing the vision because without these funds, we couldn't do it. And, yeah. you know, the pandemic slowed us down with our funding, but God's still sustaining us. Um, it is what it is. We just got to push through it and just keep doing it. Make the vision work. Right. So he right. called me to it. He got, he got to be the one to bring me through it. So right. I'm just right. a servant. But yeah, we open another one tomorrow. Okay. And that's what we have to, what people have to realize. We have to continue to be servants throughout our life and help as much people as many people as we can. Now let me ask you this question. What advice would you give to someone who may currently in this very moment be going through an uh, abusive relationship and they feel like they're stuck. They feel like they can't leave. You know, because like like I was telling people before, um some women feel like they're stuck, especially if they're not working and the man is the sole provider, you know what I mean? Cause I, you know, I've been in that situation. I've seen it and observed it as well. What advice would you give someone who's currently in an abusive relationship? They feel like they're stuck and they feel like they don't have, they don't have anybody that they can talk to. The advice that I would give is you can do this. Um, I know what it's like to actually depend on your significant other because, like you say, you don't have the finances, you don't have a place to stay, you don't have well, you think you don't, you don't have uh, the necessary means of surviving. Mm -hmm. And fear is a factor when it comes to 
moving forward. And so once you get past that fear, because one thing I realized, as long as we're used to the normal, we can go with it. But when we got to step out of the norm, it, it kind of brings on friction where oh, I don't think I can make it. I don't think I, I don't think going to work. I got to stay here. No, you don't have to stay there. There are so much resources. Reach out to your local advocates in your community. Reach out to your organization that are sheltering battered women and children. Reach out to a counselor. Reach out to DSS. Reach out to the, the local. Uh, every police department has a victim's advocate department. Reach out to your victim's advocate. And there are resources to help you get out that situation. Like with us, uh, we provide shelter, but also we help find jobs. So if the person is able to work, able-bodied to work, we make sure that we ourselves go on site and make sure that person get hired on the spot. Wow. And can I tell you something? We haven't had no one yet. Out of the eight years I've been doing this, we haven't had no one yet that we have took to got a job and they didn't get it. No wow. one. Whether it's male or female. Now, what I would like to say is we don't only help the women. Uh, we help the men, but only thing we just don't shelter them. But we refer them out to other places that can shelter them. We don't actually shelter the men, but we shelter the women. Um, we actually, uh, for say, for instance, someone have a something on their background. Mm-hmm. They got in trouble and it can come off their background, a sponge. We pay for it to get a sponge off their record. Wow. So they can go to work. So if you want to do it, I'm going to challenge you to do it because I'm going to make sure you get the necessary resources for you to move forward. So no, it's not. No, it's not an option when it comes to me. If you say you want to leave and you want to, you want to better yourself and you want this, Talk to me. I'm going to push you to that limit. I'm going to push you as far as I can get you because there's no option in no. Only thing beats a failure is a try. And once you try, that's all you need. Someone will actually see that you're trying and actually make sure that you get where you need to be. So just reach out to your community um, organizations and just do what you have to do. Um, And I've been there. I know what it's like. Yeah. And if someone wants to get in contact with you, tell us again. Um, first, also, tell us the name of the book, your book. And you said it can be purchased on Amazon. Tell us the name of the book. We know we can get it on Amazon. Also, tell us uh, your, your it's how you say House of Refuge, right? Tell us about that, the location, contact number, how people can reach you on social media, all the information that they'll need to be able to reach out to you. Okay. Uh, the name of the book is There Is a Way Out. <laughs> okay. So like you said, there is a way out. And um, that's the name of the book. Also, our organization is House of Refuge on Facebook for battered women and children. You can reach out to us through that page. Also, you can reach me direct contact 843-624- 3214. Um, and we cover the whole state of South Carolina. Okay. 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 
Well, I appreciate you taking time out to talk to me. It has been a pleasure. I was like, I got to get Tanya. I was like, and I kept forgetting to reach out. I said, that's going to be the perfect one to wrap up the month of October. And I didn't get a chance. Of course, you know, I got to salute the people that are um, breast cancer survivors as well. I was not able to get any people to talk to for breast cancer awareness, but I salute those that are breast cancer survivors, but thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule. You guys are doing a phenomenal job because I look forward to, like I said, like I was telling you probably before us going on live, I was telling you, I was looking forward to it because I'm, I'm normally when you guys have the thing, the March in, in, mm-hmm. in the rally, the square, I live right across the street. So I will always walk over. So all month long, I was like, well, no, where, did, where are they? I said, well, maybe they have because of the pandemic. But I yeah. look forward to it. Yeah. It really, really blesses me. And it's like the yeah. speakers that you have, not only you sharing your story, but all the speakers that you have, they have some very powerful testimonies. Yes. And not only the powerful testimony you had, like I know one year I I went, um, you had people singing, and if if I'm not mistaken, y'all did a balloon release one year too, right? Every year we do a balloon release. Yeah, I was like, mm-hmm. oh my god, this is so beautiful. Oh my god. Yeah. But thank you so much. Remembering our victims, we don't want to forget them because we're their voice. Yeah. And please reiterate a lot of people, like I I said before, a lot of people feel as if um, it doesn't happen to men. A lot of people really focus on the women, but Mm -hmm. there are men that are abused as well. And like I was saying, like I was saying, telling people before, that doesn't mean that they're weak men. You know what I mean? They, a lot of people say, well, the man is getting, they look at them as, and that's not always the case. That's right. But it takes away their ego. It takes away their pride, you know. They come and tell somebody, my my significant other is abusing me. You know, a man is a man. But right. we try to help them as well. We don't we don't discriminate. Um we're a 501c3 nonprofit organization. We don't discriminate. Color, sex, religion, age, we don't discriminate. We try to help whoever we can. And that's what we're here for. And I just want to say I thank God for my husband, Pastor Bobby L. Flowers Jr. He has my back 1,000%. I, I couldn't do it without him because, believe me, I have some rough moments where I just say, you know what? I'm done. It's not going to happen. It's not going to work. And he said, baby, you got to do it. You got to do it. You got to hang in there. He pushes me. I mean, he really does. Yeah. If I need support, he's my he's my biggest fan, my biggest cheer, my cheerleader. <laughs> that is awesome. You gotta have somebody in your life that's gonna push you to be better. Oh my god, that is amazing. Yes. That is amazing. And one more time, give out your um phone number in case somebody wants to talk to you uh personally. It's 843-624-3214. And that's 24 hours, seven days a week. All right. Well, thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to talk to you. And it has been a pleasure as always. Thank you for having me.
And of course, you guys, you can watch if you didn't get the uh, chance to see it live. You can also watch the replay. We're streaming live on Facebook, YouTube, and Periscope. And later, give me a little moment. I'm going to also download the audio so those that can't uh, physically watch it, you can also listen to it later on my podcast, Keeping the Faith. But thank you so much, Tanya. And you know, You're I'm welcome. in touch with you. <laughs> thank you. You're welcome. Talk to you later. All right. Have a blessed day. You too.